In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, starting from verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for unperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I find it not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. Let's understand what St. Paul is trying to get, tell us in these verses. He is comparing our spiritual life with a person running in a race and any person in a race wants actually to win the prize at the end. Even St. Paul at the end of his life he said I have fought the good fight I finished the race. So our spiritual life it is a race. Race. So he said, do you, do you not know that those who run in a race all run but one receives the, the prize? So many people actually participate in a race. But how many winners? Only one. St. Paul is not trying to say only one will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he wants us to run as the winner always. That's why he said, run in such a way that you may obtain it. In your spiritual life, in your spiritual race, you need, you need to run as the winner. But let us see how the winner actually uh, wins. What does he do in order to win? He said in verse 25, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. This winner, what made him different from the rest of the participant? Temperate means he has high discipline, high self-control, temperate in everything, on a strict diet. He does exercise until he is exhausted. He trains himself very, very well. And he follow a certain routine in his diet, in his sleep, in his exercise, in order to win. So he's telling us, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. So the message you need actually to have 
like a spiritual routine. And you need to be very disciplined in following this routine. You need actually to be uh, very committed and take it seriously. Otherwise, you will not win the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Then St. Paul said, these people who run actually to obtain a perishable crown. This crown on earth is perishable. has no value. But we run not to obtain a perishable crown, but we run for imperishable crown. So we need to be more disciplined. We need to be uh, more serious in running the race. Then St. Paul gave us himself as an example. Therefore, I run thus. St. Paul is saying, me myself, I am running in this way, as if in a race. That's why at the end of his life he said, I have finished the race. So do you have this mindset in your spiritual life that you are in a race and you are running to win? Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. I know what I'm doing. Thus, I fight in my spiritual fight, not as one who beats the air. No, I know what I need to do, what are the disciplines that I should follow in order to win. If just a person praying when he wants, or reading the Bible when he wants, as if a person beating the air, beating the air. So he will never win. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. I know what I'm doing. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection Subjection thought to my spirit. Lest when I preach it to others, I myself should become disqualified. So if St. Paul himself has a concern to be disqualified, how much more we should be concerned to, to be disqualified, even if we are serving. Because St. Paul, he said, when I preach it others, I myself be disqualified. So, when I said we need to have like a spiritual routine to follow it, that's what we call the spiritual canon. Sometimes they, they call it a spiritual rule or a spiritual canon. By the way, canon is a, a Greek word which means... Um, Ruler, yeah, <laughs> to actually measure your life by your spiritual canon. So I like to speak to you today about spiritual canon, its importance, the blessing of spiritual canon, and what are the components of spiritual canon, and what are the challenges 
that face us to follow the spiritual canon. Spiritual canon is your spiritual routine. And this should be guided by your spiritual father. What prayers you need to pray, how many chapters you need to read, and how you read it. Fasting, uh, attending the church, communion, confession, service, prostration, uh, examining yourself, etc. I will speak about We, in general, all of us, tend to be lazy. Our nature tend to do what's wrong, not what's right. Spiritual canon will protect me from this, from laziness. Some people uh, follow the spiritual mood. What does it mean, spiritual mood? If I wake up and my mood tells me, let us pray, I will pray. If my mood told me, no, don't pray, then I'm not going to pray. I will go to the church when I am in the right mood. I will read the Bible when I am in the right mood, or when I, I feel that I want to read the Bible. I will go and to Abuna to confess again, depends on my mood. If you are following your spiritual mood, definitely you will not win the prize. I assure you, your spiritual life will dis- be destroyed quickly. That's why you need to be committed to a spiritual canon. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, St. Paul says, And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. If we are in a race, then this race has rules. And the rules are set by God, not by you. In order to win, you need to follow the rules. If you are following your own rules, you will fail. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So, the spiritual canon helps me to compete according to the rules. Also, having a structure in your life, in general, make you successful. In your study, if you don't have structure, you'll never be successful. In your work, if you don't have discipline and structure, you will not be successful. In the same way, spiritual life has to be structured. 
I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Today we are celebrating the feast of Saint Mary. And maybe we say, why we are not like Saint Mary? Saint Mary was a regular human being like any one of us. What made Saint Mary different from all of us? Because she was serious and committed to her spiritual camera. This seriousness and commitment to spiritual canon is the main difference between the saints and us. They were disciplined. Uh, we follow, as I said, our rules. You know, this fast, no, it's long. I'm not going to fast the 55 days. Just, I, I will fast only 30 days. You are not competing according to the rules. You will not be crowned. You are not going to get the, the prize. Also, St. Paul in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17, he told us our body, sorry, our being has two powers competing against each other. He says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So there is struggle, fight, all the time between the flesh and the spirit. Even the Lord in Gethsemane, when he saw the disciples, the three disciples asleep, what did he tell them? The spirit is alive, but the flesh is weak. That's why they slept and they did not pray with the Lord as he wanted. So I need to submit my body to my spirit, not the opposite. Most of us, our spirit submit to my body, meaning I am tired, body, I'm not going to pray. I don't want to wake up early, body, I will not go to church. Sunday liturgy is four hours. I'm not going to attend Sunday liturgy. I will attend during the week. Any liturgy, two hours, and I will go the last hour. Then, at the end, I attended only one hour. You are not competing according to the rule. In the story of Abraham, when God asked him to offer his son Isaac, Abraham has to walk for three days, as we read in Genesis 22, uh, verse 4. And on the third day, Abraham saw the place from afar. Genesis 22, verse 4. I think if anyone in the city of Abraham, he would have to say to the Lord, why do I have to walk three days to offer my son a sacrifice? Choose something close to me. But Abraham obeyed God and followed the rule by God. God is the one 
who said the rule, even he said the place where to pray. If God told us one of the Ten Commandments, remember the day of the Lord or keep the day of the Lord holy. It's one of the Ten Commandments. If you have nothing on Sunday and you choose not to attend the liturgy, you are breaking one of the Ten Commandments. And you are not competing according to the rule. You know, in Egypt, the majority are Muslims. That's why the weekend in Egypt are not Sunday. The weekend is Friday in Egypt. But our fathers and grandfathers, they understood the importance of keeping the day of the Lord holy. So they demanded to go to church on Sunday. And the government, the non-Christian government, yielded to the commitment of our grandfathers and gave to the Christian in Egypt privilege to go to start work on Sunday at 10 a.m. All the non-Christian, they start at 7 or 8, but the Christian start at 10 in order to go to church and attend the liturgy and then go to their work. I wonder, in, in the time in which our grandfathers demanded and pressured the government to give them this privilege, we who have Sunday is off, we don't come to church. And if we come, we come very late. Where is the zeal? Are we committed to the spiritual rule and spiritual canon? No, we're not. We are following our own mood, not we are following the rule of God. Maybe some of you will say, but when I pray, I am bored. Uh, I, I cannot, the Agbeya is too long for me. And I don't understand the Psalms. And I feel just I'm reading words that doesn't teach my, uh, touch my heart. And the liturgy I come and attend, and the deacon start to say long hymns that I don't understand. And I get bored. Let me tell you two points. Number one, actually, there is a virtue called coercion or enforcement. All of us, without exception, we force it ourselves to study. And those who did not force themselves to study, they did not finish their education. They don't have any academic accomplishment. And in your work, if you don't force yourself, regardless if you are tired or not, you are, go- you are not going to keep a job. 
And that's why you see some people jumping from one job to another to another. And when we ask, the, the answer is they are irresponsible. But those who force themselves and discipline themselves, they become successful. The same way, even if you get bored, you need to force yourself. And believe me, the difficult uh, point is the starting point. But once you start and once you force yourself and you start praying or reading the Bible for three, four days, after this actually you develop this beautiful habit. And if you don't start your day with prayer or you don't end your day with prayer, you will find something missing. So the first point, you need to force yourself, coerce yourself to do what's right. That's what St. Paul said, I discipline my body. I discipline my body. I don't follow my body and the desires of the body to be lazy. No, I discipline my body. The second point, all of you, until you reach the academic level that you have right now, you studied and you understood different materials that are more difficult than the Psalms and then the, the Bible. But when it comes to the Bible, we don't want to invest some time to understand. We don't want to invest some time to understand the Psalms of the Agbeya when I pray. But if you are praying one of the Psalms and you don't understand it, go and read commentary on this Psalm. You will understand it. It will be easy. And thank God, actually, there are many commentaries available in, in your time. Total difference when I was in your age than right now. When I was in your age, it was very, very difficult to find a commentary from church fathers or from Coptic father on the scripture. But now there are many, plenty, applications and church fathers, many. So nobody has an excuse right now to say, the words of the sound doesn't touch me, don't touch me, I don't understand them. And again, regarding the hymns, if you enter the church with the right mindset to enjoy the hymns, hymns are music. Actually, you will enjoy the liturgy. But if you are in the mindset, just, I need to finish it. I need just to communion and leave. It will be boring. Can you imagine if you are going to a concert and then from the moment you entered, you are waiting to leave. And every two minutes looking at your watch, see when he will finish, when he will finish. 
Are you going to enjoy it? Definitely not. So if you are coming with this attitude, you will not enjoy it. And, and the Coptic music is beautiful. Just listen to it and enjoy it. And even if they chant it in Coptic, you have actually the, the meaning on the screen in front of you, on your phone. So while you are listening to the music and uh, reading the meaning, it will touch your heart. For example, the deacons today chanted Atai Parsinus. It's one of the very, very beautiful hymns for Saint Mir. And these hymns uh, took actually 10 prophecies from the book of Psalms. David prophesied about Saint Mir. And actually made these 10 prophecies as 10 strings. And they say David moved the first string and he said the first prophecy. So while you are listening to this beautiful hymn and reading these prophecies and connecting them with Mary, the mother of God, definitely you will enjoy. And this will enrich your relationship with Saint Mary, will enrich your spiritual life. So you need to do some work. As St. Paul said, he who competes in athletics uh, is temperate in all things. When we come to the church, just we want to be passive, sitting there and everything just seeps into our mind and that's it. No. You need to do some work to understand, to follow, to enjoy. Those who are enjoying the hymns are not out of their mind. The difference, they tasted the beauty of the Coptic music and they enjoy it. That's why they wait for it and they wait for the season of the church. We need actually, the Lord said, uh, kingdom of God is taken by force. And those who will force themselves into it, they will get it. Kingdom of heaven is taken by force. Also, the Lord did not tell us that the door and the gate is wide. He told us, no, the gate is narrow and the road is difficult, but this leads to eternal life. Those who are competing to win perishable crown actually discipline themselves more than us for a perishable crown. Don't you want actually to work hard for imperishable crown? David had a spiritual canon. He said seven times every day, 
I praised you. He was very disciplined. He was a king, has many responsibilities, big family, but in spite of this, he was very committed to his spiritual canon. David actually went through many tribulations in his life. King Saul wanted to kill him. His son wanted to take the kingdom from him. What made David strong? Because he was committed to the spiritual camp. Daniel, he had a spiritual camp. What he eats and what he doesn't eat. That's why when he was taken captive and the king want them to eat from his food, Daniel determined in his heart, no, I'm not going to defile myself with the delicacies of the king. As you read in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Let me ask a question. During the Advent fasting, Christmas fasting, usually most of the companies do Christmas parties. And you are invited. How many times you broke your fast just to fit in, in with the people around you? Why don't you be like Daniel and say, no, I'm not going to break my fast. And to, ter- to determine in your heart, no, I will do whatever it takes. I'm committed. I will not break my fast. Again, why you are not growing spiritually? Why you are not like Daniel or David or Saint Mary? Because you are not committed to our spiritual canon. John the Baptist, another example of commitment to spiritual canon. The Lord said, What did you go to the wilderness to see? Read moved by winds? John the Baptist was not read moved by winds. Today I'm tired of this wind of laziness, so I'm not going to pray. Tomorrow, another wind of tiredness, I'm not going to fast. No. He was strict and disciplined. That's why he became the greater, greatest among those born of women. Mary, the sister of Martha, she was committed to her spiritual canon. When the Lord visited them, she knew it is the time to listen to the word of God, not the time to work. Martha was not committed. That's why when Martha complained, the Lord actually defended Mary. Many times we come to the church, it's time to worship. But we are distracted, we are outside, talking with each other, texting, checking our phones. We are distracted like Martha. And the Lord tells us, you are troubled and distracted with many activities. But the need is for one. Are you disciplined 
and committed when you come to the church not to let any distraction to distract you it is time to worship the Lord during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ many blind people existed but one of them Bartimaeus and he was sitting on the road beginning until Christ came and when he heard that Christ is passing by he started to cry Jesus son of David have mercy on me and the people told him stop stop be quiet don't cry but he cried more out loud and the Lord healed him why Bartimaeus was healed and not the other uh, blind people maybe the other blind people when the people told them be quiet they listened to them if the same one Satan tells me be quiet don't pray or my body tells me be quiet don't go to church and we listen to them that's why we have our spiritual blindness but if we are committed and dedicated like Bartimaeus when my body tells me don't pray don't fast don't read the Bible don't go to church I will cry more out loud I will be healed actually when you are committed to your spiritual canon you will feel that you are fed satisfied spiritually blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness they will be filled a spiritual canon is our spiritual food our spiritual nourishment are you hungry spiritually are you hungry for righteousness blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness we say this and we hear it this verse several times but do you feel the hunger for the righteousness or not can you imagine if physically I am hungry and starving but I don't feel the pain of hunger or I have no appetite to, to eat what will happen the person will die and that's why when the person cannot eat they force him to eat they put IV or a tube to his stomach to feed him against his will otherwise he will die in the same way if I don't have the desire to eat spiritually I need to force myself otherwise I will die spiritually I will be filled and also I will be growing if you don't feed a baby he will never grow he will be anemic and you need to feed him healthy food so not only feed him but feed him healthy food in the same way in our spiritual life 
not only just to pray and quick, pick a very short liturgy and attend 10 minutes here and 5 minutes here and then I'm expecting to grow spiritually. No, you will not. You need to have healthy spiritual food and to eat regularly. And then actually you will enjoy uh, your internal peace and internal joy. Those who are committed to spiritual canon, regardless happening around them, there is peace. No one can take it from them. There is joy. No one can take this joy away from their hearts. In the midst of the big tribulation, they are peaceful and joyful. The Lord told us, if your eye or your hand or your leg causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye or with one hand or with one leg than to be thrown to hell with your whole body. Meaning what? If I am tired and I feel that I don't want to pray, remember your verse, this verse. It's better that one of my members be cut off, but at the end I'll be saved. Rather than I keep my whole body well physically, and then I will not be saved. Spiritual canon is very important. So, what are the components of spiritual canon? Number one, prayer. Prayer is your communication with God. Prayer will develop your relationship with God. Prayer actually opened prisons the prayer of the church for Peter opened the prison. Prayer actually shook houses. You read in the book of Acts when they were praying. The house trembled from the power of prayer. We have a wonderful tool to shake heaven and earth, but we don't use it. If you know the power of prayer, here if you have connection with a VIP person, you, you feel peace internally that you know this person, he will help you. In prayer, you are not going to have connection with just a VIP person here on earth. But you will have connection with the creator of heaven and earth. I wonder why, why people don't pray. Prayers moved the mountain of Mu'attam. If we know the power of prayer, actually, we would like to pray not seven times like David, but maybe more. Be committed 
and ask your spiritual father about your canon in prayer, whether he will give you morning and night or morning, evening and night, and he will start with you gradually. With prayer, the fasting, one time a father brought his son who was demon-possessed to the disciples. But the disciples could not cast out the demon. So they asked the Lord Jesus Christ, why couldn't we cast out the demon? He told them, this kind cannot come out by anything except by prayer and fasting. Most of us complain about fasting. And most of us who are not committed to our fasting. And most of us, when we fast, we break it for just any reason. The beside the abstinence in fasting disappeared completely. In fasting, we wake up in the morning and drink our coffee or our tea. There is no abstinence. Bob Shenouda used to say the first meal called breakfast. Breakfast, breaking the fast. So if you are not abstaining, then you are a vegetarian, not a fasting person. That's what Bob Shenouda used to teach us. And you are youth. Thank God, all of you healthy. So it will not hurt you if you abstain until 12 noon or 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. But it will help you to be disciplined, to say no to the desires of the flesh. If you fast or you don't fast, you will not add something to God or take from Him anything. It's for you. The people during after the captivity, they used to fast during the captivity. So after they returned back from captivity, they went to Zechariah and asked Zechariah to go and ask the Lord, should we keep the fast? Captivity is over. Should we break the fast? So the Lord said to Zechariah, go to the people and tell them, when, when you fasted, did you fast for me? Who benefited from the fast? It's me or you? If something helping you, why are you asking to be excused from it? Prayer and fasting cast out demons. During the Holy Great Fast, Zuxologies, Ipsalis, for 55 days, you hear about fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. How many of us are committed to Wednesday and Fridays? Many people don't fast Wednesday and Fridays. And if the youth like you don't fast Wednesday and Friday, who, who should fast? Are you committed? Are you running the race to win the prize? Are you competing according to the rules? Do you discipline your body and bring it to subjection? Or do you want to be disqualified, as St. Paul said? Prayer, fasting, scripture. Scripture is very, very important. That's the word of God. God is speaking to you. Are you committed to read and to study? And by the way, when you read the scripture, remember this. You read it with your eye. 
understand it with your mind. Keep it in your heart. Apply it in your life. Sometimes we read the scripture, just reading it. And after we, we finish, we don't memorize anything. We don't remember anything. We, don't, we did not understand anything. Take some time to understand the scripture. Take some time to understand what you read. And then ask yourself, what is the message of God to me? What God actually wants to tell me today through this chapter? Scripture is the message of God to you. So, prayer, fasting, scripture. Number four, divine liturgy slash communion slash keeping the day of the Lord holy. This should be a part of our spiritual canon. And as I said, I don't want to repeat myself. Keep the day of the Lord holy. I'm glad that your meeting is on Sunday. But I will not be happy if you just attended the meeting and you did not come to the church to attend the liturgy. Because the liturgy should be the foundation of this meeting. And that is the day of the Lord. We, 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 we sing on, for, for Sunday and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us uh, praise the Lord. Let us joy and, uh, and be joyful in it. Let us joy and be glad in it. How a Christian person on Sunday morning stay at home? And then he calls himself Christian. That's one of the Ten Commandments, mean one of the basics of Christianity. You need to come to the church early enough with the right mindset, coming to enjoy the fellowship with the Lord. And you pray, and you enjoy the prayer, when the deacons say, pray for the peace of the church, it's instruction. Raise your heart to God and pray for the peace of the church. And at the end, you approach to take the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ with a repentant heart, with reverence. And this will be a joyful day. Now I am in communion with the Lord. Not on a spiritual level, but also in a physical level. Behold, Emmanuel, our God, is with us today on this table. Another point in the spiritual canon, regular confession slash self-examination. You need to examine yourself regularly. Every day, any person has a company, business. Every day he has to look at the accounting. What did he spend? What did he make? In the same way, every night before you sleep, just 10 minutes, examine yourself. 
And this will prepare for your confession. And then, as you agree with your father of confession, you need to go and meet with him and uh, with a repentant heart confessing your sins. And you need to, you need, you need to do this regularly, at least once every six weeks. Once every six weeks. Another point actually is a spiritual reading and discipleship to early church fathers, St. Cyril of Alexandria, St. Athanasius. You need to read them and to understand how they understood the scripture and how they communicated with God. I know a Protestant person in his thesis uh, in school uh, because he is Egyptian, so he decided to do his thesis on St. Asanitius. Just academic work. And when he actually started to read his writings and read about him. This actually transformed his life completely. And he found that his spiritual life is very, very shallow comparing to the depth of a person like Saint Asanations. And this was a transforming moment in his life. And he joined the Orthodox Church and became very active in the Orthodox Church after this. What a loss if we don't read our spiritual fathers. Uh, the last point is prostration. Some of you go to the gym and do exercises just to keep your body well. That's very good. But prostration, we say in, in, uh, it is fitting and right to worship you. It is the right thing and the proper thing is to worship God and to prostrate in front of Him. You can start as little as three prostrations every day. I'm not going to ask you to do 100 or 200, but you can start as little as three. Of course, with the guidance of your spiritual father. When you pray the Agbe in the morning and say, come, let us kneel down, let us ask Christ our God. Just don't let these words come from your mouth only. Kneel down, prostrate before the Lord God. Especially now, God protect you, you are healthy, you don't have back problems, you know. So enjoy prostration before times come and you cannot do it. The last point I want to mention here, maybe some of you said, from where I, I will have the time to pray from the Agbeya and to read the Bible and to read Church Fathers, and to do prostration and examine myself. And 
attend liturgies, do services. Believe me, the key here in time management, if you manage your time well, you will be able to do all these things and more. Uh, we waste a lot of time. We waste a lot of time. In the miracle of feeding the multitude from five loaves and two fish, the Lord took them, collected the fragments, the leftover. So look for the fragments of time. Five minutes here, ten minutes here. Try to use your time effectively. And with discipline, you will be able to do all these things. In conferences or conventions, I'm sure when you attended the conventions with us, the, the schedule of the day, we have liturgy. We pray the seven hours of the Agbaya, midnight praises. We do Bible study, two lectures, panel discussion, free time, and you eat time for meals. Why? Why we can do all these things every day? Because time was managed. There was a schedule. But if I leave my time just not, not scheduled, then my productivity would be very low. But if you say, you know, I'm going to work at 7 in the morning, so I will wake up at 5. I will have 30 minutes praying and reading the Bible. Then get ready and then I go to work. And when I come before my son, I eating my dinner, I will have 20 minute uh, prayer. Then I will eat my dinner and whatever I sit with my family. And then before I, I go to sleep, I spend 10 minutes in quiet time examining myself. And in the weekend, I will dedicate two, three, four hours for reading. Believe me. If, if you redeem your time, redeem your time means all these unfruitful activities, wasting time on social media or whatever, if just you redeem this time for spiritual uh, activities, you will be able to do and be committed to spiritual care. Again, the purpose of this lecture, how to be committed to our spiritual canon and how to have a spiritual canon to follow. This is the key for a successful spiritual life. This is the key to win the prize. This is the key to win the race. Have this mindset. We are in a race. And you need to win this race. Run not with uncertainty, not as competing the air, but run in such a way to win the race. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.